Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello and welcome again to the wonderful world of wine. Every week we bring you trending topics in the wine world. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Lindsay. How are you today, Mark? I'm good, Kim. How are you? I'm well. I'm doing I'm doing really good. Very, 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 very busy <laughs> with all of my various wine responsibilities these days. So I don't know. Things at the beginning of the year always seem to get a little crazy for me, but it's been great. So even in the midst of a pandemic, you know, with changes and with a lot of things kind of being up in the air, things are still really good. And it's nice to know that our industry and our business is uh finding new and creative ways to deal during these very, very interesting times. Yeah, it keeps you out of trouble. And we're always finding <laughs> things going on in the why world to talk to the listeners about. So. I don't know, it might be getting me into more trouble. I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> good wine But you're right. Trouble. You know, there's always something to talk about and there's always new stuff or some old stuff. You know, it's nice to remind our listeners about some things that are constants and are kind of at the heart of the education that we try to do, where try to bring people into a greater understanding of wine and how, how they're tasting and what they're drinking. So that at the end of the day, you, our listener gets to find something that you find enjoyment and pleasure in. So what's first today, Kim? Everyone knows that I'm big into food as well as into wine. And if anyone follows trends in the food industry and just food culture in general, there really is this significant movement towards a meat-free lifestyle. You know, whether people are being vegetarians or vegans for whatever reason, whether it is a, a moral issue that you don't want to eat meat and you don't want to cause suffering to animals, or if it's an environmental issue. You know, we, we do know that cattle, for example, produce a lot of greenhouse gases and that industrial farming is not necessarily great for the animals or the planet. So there really is this movement towards a bit more of a meat-free lifestyle. And I have to say, even in my own household, for reasons of economy, for reasons of health, we try to do more fish, more vegetarian, a little bit less of meat dishes. So, you know, we might keep our meat consumption to like, you know, one pork dish a week and one chicken dish a week and like that kind of thing. So there is a lot of this sort of feeling within the food industry that there are a lot more consumers who are eating more meat-free meals. So then the next I think logical question, especially for those of us in the beverage industry is what do you do about wine? Because so much of wine, when you talk about wine pairings and when you talk about what wine goes with this dish, you know, kind of as simple as that, it always focuses on the protein and the yeah. protein overall is some sort of animal protein. So there's really this conversation starting about all right, you know, if food and wine pairings are all about the protein, what happens if that protein is no longer a meat protein? Yeah, white with fish, red with meat. You're right. You don't hear pink mm -hmm. with with veggies or <laughs> it's 
<laughs> or being pink with pink. So. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> those are the traditional things you hear. So yeah. there is no consideration, really. And I was trying to think back. Has I had a, had a situation where I was l- learning about this type of pairing, or if anyone's ever asked me about vegetarian pairings. Mm-hmm. And, and most customers are looking for seafood, fish, meats, you right. know, and then even the holidays, it's hams, it's turkey. Oh, so much more traditional when you come right? to those holiday pairings. Absolutely. And we've done holiday pairing shows. We've talked about, we always yep. try to work in veggie dishes or I know. all the appetizers. Yeah. Well, because we all, we all either have family members or have friends who are coming or are ourselves. Some people are staying away from those meat focused dishes. So there's always going to be somebody in your circle of people at your holidays. And it's probably going to be more and more, frankly, who are not partaking in whatever your, you know, roast or meat main courses. I have family members who are vegetarians and who have, who always have been. So I think it's, you're the host, or if you're the person who's bringing the wine, I feel like it's just an extension of hospitality and conviviality to have something that's going to go with those things. Or if you're the cook, you know, make sure that you've got stuff that you're vegetarian or, or vegan. We can help with that. I mean, that's the great thing in wine is this, there's so many wines out there. We can pair with anything. And And I think that's one of the things that's so wonderful about the variety of wines. We, it runs the gamut from like those really light whites, whether they be still or sparkling that, you know, go with, frankly, anything that is on the lighter end of those vegetarian things up to rather muscular red wines that can still stand up against a main course that might not be meat-based, but is still something that has a lot of flavor and a lot of concentration. And we're going to talk about umami in a few minutes. So something that's a structured red wine that can go with a a structured food. So what meat-free dish would you like to talk about first, Kim? Oh, goodness. So there's an article that we are bouncing this conversation off of from winesearcher.com, which is one that we go back to an awful lot. But there's also a lot in my own personal experience, frankly, of cooking for people who are vegetarians. I have an aunt and uncle who are vegetarian, I have cousins, I have my, my sister-in-law is a vegetarian. So I've always really loved when people come over and I cook because I'm the wine nerd that I am. I always want to have something to drink that's going to go with that. So there's a lot of other things that I've made that I'm going to just kind of, you know, throw in my own two cents for this list. But there was a lot of conversation in this uh, piece about, you know, the fact that these big, powerful reds, and they call them statement reds, really show at their best with a big piece of red meat because you've got a big red wine, whether it be a Cabernet or a Merlot or something from the north of Italy, like a Brunello or a, a Chianti Classico Reserva, that because of the tannins in that wine, those tannins, when matched with the fattiness of a big piece of meat, they work this sort of magic in your mouth and the meat becomes uh, more flavorful and the wine becomes softer. And you don't really get that when you're working with vegetarian based dishes, but there are some foods that I kind of see as a little bit of an analog to those meat dishes. So for instance, 
porcini mushrooms, you know, something that is meaty and can be grilled. And if you grill a big porcini mushroom, you do get a lot of that sort of texture that sometimes you get with a steak, but there I'm are other things I'm glad you started with too. that too. I'm glad huh? you started with the mushroom. Because, yeah, mushroom. I mean, I mean and, that's and, the one that sticks out to me when you're talking reds for vegetarian works. Even in meat dishes, I, we eat a lot of mushrooms. We really, really like mushrooms in my house. And I feel like there are so many wines that are just wonderful with mushrooms. Can go either direction. You can either go with a wine that is a little bit lighter, like a Pinot Noir, or even sometimes with a Gamay that have slightly mushroomy notes to them. So you kind of pair the, the, the flavor components to those things. So if you have a kind of a slightly mushroomy Pinot Noir and you put it with a mushroom dish, those things really complement each other really, really nicely. Or if, depending on how you're cooking the mushroom. So if you're grilling a mushroom or if you're doing something where you're marinating it and you're, you're filling it full of all these sort of other salty umami kind of flavors, you can pair something a little bit bigger and a little bit more powerful with that. So something like a Malbec or a Merlot or you know something else drier from the south of Italy, it absolutely can... The mushroom can both stand up to the wine and the wine can both stand up to the mushroom. So I think, yeah, mushrooms are, I think, one of those vegetarian friendly foods that are at the basis of a lot of meals that are absolutely super friendly with red wines. I like to play on the earthiness of the wine Yeah, for the mushroom. You know, I, I, when I think earthiness, I think like a red Bordeaux, I think of Chianti's, I, you know, things like that nature where mm -hmm. you can experience that pairing of earth. But the others you mentioned, you can go heavy, you can go light, like you said. Mm -hmm. And a big key is how it's prepared. And we talk about that yes. every time we talk about food pairings. Absolutely. So I feel like that was actually more of the focus of this article was the preparation of what you're making has a little bit of a bigger influence on what wines you can pair with it when you're working with vegetarian cuisine. So you yeah, know, that's we, a good point though, Kim, before, yeah. before you go any further, because yeah. say you're invited to someone's house and you know, they're making a vegetarian dish. You can ask them or you should ask them, how are you going to prepare that? Yeah. Like what are you making? So, yeah. And how are you making it? And mm -hmm. how are you going to season it? Because I want to bring the wine and I want to make sure I have the right thing. I, mm -hmm. You know, if you're preparing it a different way and, and I don't know that, it, it could affect what you're getting. Yeah. So the big, the biggie here is fire. And if anyone has read or seen the miniseries on, I think it's on Netflix, Samin Nosrat is the, she's a chef. She's an author. Her book is called Fat Acid uh, Something Heat. I forget the name of it now, but she focuses on in her final like chapter preparation, like how are you cooking the food and fire has such an influence on the final characteristic of the food, whether it's think of the difference between like a barbecued chicken versus baked chicken, baked chicken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally different. So like think of how that works with mushroom or an eggplant or zucchini, like you get so many different flavors out of a fire grilled vegetable or a slow cooked 
bean dish that's been braising and has been getting all that heat for hours on end than you get from something that is either, you know, quick seared or quickly baked or whatnot. So the preparation is really, really important. And I like to think about it in terms of one of the foods that was brought up in this article was eggplant. And, you know, a lot of people think about eggplant as far as like an Italian dish. So, you know, breaded eggplant, eggplant Parmesan kind of thing. But then you have all these like smoky Middle Eastern eggplant dishes. So like baba ganoush and there's all of these things from like North Africa and Greece, Lebanon. And the difference between like a smoky eggplant dip versus breaded eggplant in your eggplant Parmesan, they're very, very different from each other. And they both go with really different kinds of wine. So the preparation and the kind of heat and the, you know, the way that you're cooking it really can can make a big difference. Yeah. And that eggplant point is also a topping issue because if you have Italian eggplant dish, it's red pasta sauce. It's more acidic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than if it was, you know, a Greek dish would be Absolutely. less acidity. So yeah. that affects the wine as well. And this is something that comes up when we talk about like Thanksgiving, right? So we often talk about it's not the turkey. It's all the other stuff. <laughs> so, yep. you know, it's, it's one sides. of those things that when you're, yeah, it's the sides, but also you can't just say, oh, I'm having chicken. What wine should I have? It's like, okay, so chicken is a really good place to start, but what are you doing with that chicken? Is this a chicken fricassee? Is this a braised chicken? Is this chicken cacciatore? Is this chicken curry chicken, you know, there's lemon chicken. There's, <laughs> lemon yeah. chicken. So, oh, there's so, oh my God, there's so much yeah. you can do with chicken. And it's the same, you know, it's kind of the same thing here. So it's not so much about what is that main course, although that is important, but it's about what are the other flavors? How are you cooking it? And all those other things that are around it. Do you think vegetarian people seek out vegan wines? I just, I was just thinking of that hmm. because they're so concerned about the whole animal meat thing. Interesting. But I, 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 I don't, don't, I think we need to differentiate here between vegetarians and vegans because I can. My, well, let's talk about because my understanding of a vegetarian is they offer meat and any animal product. No, no, that's a vegan. Okay. So a vegetarian is someone who doesn't eat meat that is, if you're causing the death of the animal. So you can be a vegetarian and still eat chicken eggs. You can be a vegetarian and still eat honey. You can be a vegetarian and still drink milk and eat cheese. If you're a vegan. So so then they, then vegetarians don't, then don't worry about the vegan wines, right? Because I, that's what I think. So the, um, the questions that I've always gotten about vegan wines tend to be from vegans. So not people who avoid meat, but still eat all those other things that might be produced from animals, but aren't resulting so, in the, the killing of the animal. So the a meat. vegan would be a vegetarian, but a vegetarian would not be a Correct. vegan. Correct. Okay. It's like organic biodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And I know people who are both. It's not a black or white kind of issue. Like there are some vegetarians who still eat fish. And there are some vegetarians who are clo- more are closer to being vegans where they don't do dairy, but they might still do eggs and they might still do honey. So yes, as a beekeeper, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this little, little aside in there. Vegans won't eat honey because they consider it to be, I don't know if it's bad for the 
honeybees, they but it but it's like caged or something. Know, I mean, they're not caged, but huh. yeah, vegans don't eat honey. Anyway, that's wow. my digression. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, well, but there I, are a lot of gray areas, you know. It, you can't really say like all vegetarians do this and all vegans do that because it's like saying all women do this and all men do that. You know, it's not um, cut and dried. So if someone so. is living in the meat free world, there you and go. they're going to shop for a wine. I was just thinking this, Kim, this probably when we see things pairings on on shelf talkers and everything, you don't really see a lot of vegetarian dishes no pairing right it's, it's so it's still focused on that like based dishes great with the or desserts or, but you really yeah. say hey this goes with a good mushroom dish right. or yeah i was just thinking of that and i wonder why they don't at least put one of everything you know one vegetarian dish one meat dish one sweet dish well i know there actually are some wineries who are doing that and there are some restaurants who because they're paying a little bit more attention to who their audience is, who their market is, who's coming in to dine at their restaurant, are doing a little bit more of that, giving wine recommendations for particular dishes that are not meat-based. And I think we see this a little bit more in the, I would say more um, forward-thinking regions, but those more progressive regions of, of wine producers. So like you see it more in the Willamette Valley, actually. Yeah, where, West Coast. Yeah, yeah. It's, t- yeah. it's, I think, really picked up um, on the American West Coast. I think we see this in other places as well. Not so much in like Argentina that has a very meat yeah, Even in Europe, it doesn't but, seem yeah. like it's that popular. No, I think we're really seeing this being driven by California and by Oregon, frankly. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it sounds like a West Coast thing, healthy. Yeah. But also of- I would say that it aligns really well with what is being produced in Oregon these days. So if you think about dry Rieslings and unoaked Chardonnays and all the wonderful, wonderful Pinot Noirs that come out of the Willamette Valley in Oregon, those are very meat-free dish friendly wines, whether they're bean-based or vegetable-based or really, you know, anything. Those are the types of wines that I feel go really, really well with these kinds of dishes. And even if we're not talking about vegan foods, but just vegetarian foods, I mean, something like a dry Riesling with a cheese-based kind of meal, like that's what I put when I have fondue, frankly. But any, you know, anything with those mushrooms or those beans or those earthier flavored lentils in particular with Pinot Noir are excellent. Yeah. So I think know. there is this real like wonderful synergy between what we see out of Oregon and then these types of foods. So I can see this as being the next, like what grows together, goes together kind of a food combo for uh, what we're seeing on the West coast of the U S that Pinot Noir thing falls into what I consider an earthy. I mean, there's earthy style, Pinot Absolutely. Noir this fruity style. So I think that falls into that. And early on, when you started, you were saying you do a lot of vegetarian dishes at your house. It is based on healthy, making healthy choices. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about trends. And one of the big trends in the wine world is people drinking healthier, looking for healthier options. But we never really see a trend where people are going more meatless. Mm-hmm. In the wine world, 
right? I mean, like you said earlier, it's the whole thing of wine pairing is based on the fattiness of a meat that goes great with yeah. these super intense tannic heavy wines to cut into the fat, right? I yeah, mean, we, I, I, we really have not seen this from like the wine writer camp. I feel like we're seeing it a little bit more from the actual wineries themselves. And like I said, those restaurants. So I think this is a winery driven thing, a restaurant driven thing. I'm not really seeing it in the trade yet. You know, your yeah. your your salesperson who is coming in with a bag full of wine is not saying, "Oh, this wine goes great with, you know, Zucchini. a, a portobello no. mushroom burger." <laughs> no. It's it, you when you look back at education in the wine world, I one of the big things we learn is, you know, this is the hard thing to pair with wine. You know, mm -hmm. like what's it? Artichokes. Artichokes. Is a pairing Arrogues. nightmare. Yeah. But you, they only talk about the bad things about the pairing. Yeah. And I think we can focus more on what are these other things out there that have these really interesting, complex flavors to them. This article talked a bit about um, miso, which is a fermented, for those of you who don't know, it's a fermented soy paste from Japan, which is wonderful. I've been doing some miso cooking myself and it doesn't have to be going with just Asian cuisine. Like you can work it into tomato sauce and you can work it into marinades and barbecue sauce and like all these other really wonderful things and lentils. And um, like we said before, eggplant and mushrooms, but also anything that's like fire grilled, like throw some on the grill and that completely changes what you can do with that. So, and we were talking about zucchini earlier and most people are like zucchini, you know, it's pretty bland, but if you have grilled zucchini, you can totally put that with a, a you know, a more powerful wine and it's going to stand up to it. So I think the way that people cook can really have an influence on what they can pair with it. So it's, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see this as a trend in the next few years that it's not necessarily just about what's that meaty protein at the middle of your meal, but let's think about these other factors too. And if you're not eating that meat, some people are still going to want wine and still want to want good wine. And I think it's our responsibility to be like, okay, if this is what you're eating, here's what we think is something that's going to really make your meal be a whole lot better as far as your wine choice goes. I think that's two leads to two good tips that if someone is going to a store to buy a wine for a dish they're preparing to make sure they tell someone how they're preparing it. When you say I'm having zucchini tonight, you must say it's going to be charred on the grill. Right. So they can help you. And when you go to a restaurant, when you're thinking of what you're going to have for your meal, also think about, okay, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have, well, we shouldn't say chicken because we're talking meat free. I'm going to have the mushroom dish. So now I'm thinking of a wine and maybe ask them, how is it prepared? Because a lot of yeah. times they don't tell you on a menu how something is prepared. Mm -hmm. But so I think that this also applies for if you're eating chicken, you know, I don't think that this is necessarily just information to get across to in vegetarians, but this is information to get across to everybody. Like, right, for an overall shopping tip, definitely. Right, in, in right but an overall tip, shopping trip for right. even if you're having chicken, right, you know, right. tell people what you're doing with that. And I remember that from my retail days too. It's like someone's like, oh, what's a great wine for chicken? I'm like, you got to yeah. give me more information. Right. Than that. I, <laughs> but on that, that barbecue chicken, when is you were be working different. retail or when you were in wine sales or in the restaurant, Kim, mm -hmm. did anyone 
ever ask you to pair a dish with a vegetarian meal? I got it on occasion in yeah. retail. Not like really anything. One out of a hundred. My wholesale to, I mean, Yeah. Like one so out of 50, low. one out of 40. Not often. But I had, I mean, I had a, a slightly different clientele that you do. You're in the burbs and it, you know, it's a different demographic than people who are living and working in the city. So we got, I, th- I think, you know, a different group of people. So I would think they would have explored more that side of food. I think so. City, yeah. Know? So, I mean, yeah. do you so get a lot sense. of requests for vegetarian type no. of thing? Yeah. More, I would say, you know, regular meat and seafood and then vegetarians, mm-hmm. third, mm-hmm. definitely third. And I think that's still where a lot of wine drinkers are. But I think it's changing as different age groups are coming to learn about wine. And I feel like we see a lot more of this attention to climactic reasons for why you might want to avoid animal products or, you know, the moral issues. So I feel like as younger adults become more wine drinkers, we're going to see this perspective a little bit more and more. Thank you for joining us today on The Wonderful World of Why. We've been your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone. If you'd like more information about Kim, please go to her website at vinitaswineworks.com. If you'd like more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. You can find our past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes, and you can send us questions or comments on our Facebook page, The Wonderful World of Why. Cheers. Why, why, why?